Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this. Come on, somebody say, knowing this. Knowing this. Knowing this. That our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Father, we come to You right now in the name of Jesus. We thank You for the privilege and the joy of being able to gather together in Your name and worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word. May the Holy Spirit speak through me and teach into the hearts and the ears and the hearts of the people that are here today. May we understand what you, God, are trying to say. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Discipleship Training Center meets on Saturday morning in our church. And they also meet on Tuesdays. Pastor Angelo, who helped us open the service, is the lead pastor of that group. Barney is the associate pastor. Barney has an amazing, an amazing testimony. Honestly, this is a phenomenal testimony. I'm ministering this morning on your new life. Hit it, Barney. Good morning, Lakewood Church of God. Come on now. Good morning, Lakewood Church of God. Happy Resurrection Day. He's risen. Come on, he's risen. Some of you all aren't getting it, but when you hear this testimony, you'll get it. Let me introduce myself. My name is Barney David Steinberg. That's important because some of you now are going, oh, we got a Jewish boy up there. Yes, we do. A Jewish boy who was raised by Orthodox parents up until the age of eight years old. In Hebrew school at the age of six and bar mitzvah at the age of 13. I remember when I was in Hebrew school, I asked my Hebrew school teacher, because I went to a predominantly Christian school, I asked, why don't we believe in Jesus? My Hebrew school teacher said, because Jesus was not a descendant of David. Now, I want you to keep that in your memory bank, because we're going to come back to it. At the age of almost 12, a week before my 12th birthday, unfortunately, the hero of my life passed to cancer, my dad. It was everything to me. It was three, four years later that in school, there was a new high school geometry teacher. And this guy was awesome. I wanted this guy to replace my dad. This was going to be my next hero. Unfortunately, because there's children around, but you adults can put it back together. Unfortunately, under hypnosis, this gentleman violated me. At that point, that was the downward spiral of Barney Steinberg's life. Shortly after that, I started to use marijuana to mask the pain. At the age of 18, marijuana turned into cocaine. Now, cocaine was a much better drug for me. At least now I could keep going, and it really masked the pain. Unfortunately, for those of you that know, the cocaine addiction got so bad that it left a trail of havoc everywhere I went. Two failed marriages, two children left behind. Come to find out six years ago, one child that I didn't even know I had. So you can see the devastation that was going on in my life. At 33 years old of age, 
I said within myself, I'm worth $150,000 a year being paid. Nobody wants to pay me that kind of money. I'll go ahead and I'll make that money on my own. I'll start selling drugs. And what I did was I took my customer service skills from Consumer Electronics and did that out on the streets of Houston. I was actually the drug dealer known that on ecstasy, if you didn't like the pill or the product, I would give you your money back. It didn't take long where I moved up the chain. Didn't realize when the DEA busted me on December 14th of 2000 that I was on the top 100 drug dealer list. This little Jewish boy that was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth, given the best of everything, is now looking at life imprisonment in the federal penitentiary. Of course, the, the, the feds wanted me to turn state's evidence. To get out, I told them that I would, but the conflict within my soul and my heart was so tormenting, I couldn't do it. So on March 24th of 2001, I got arrested again. But this time, the feds turned it over to the state, and the judge said, no bond. I could not get out this time. I was stuck. It was three days later that I was able to get to my bunk, and they called church. When they called church, I wanted to get out of my cell. So I said, I'll just go down there. They don't have synagogue. And every time I hear the name of Jesus, because I don't believe in Jesus, I was raised that Jesus didn't exist. That when I hear the name of Jesus, I'll replace it with God the Father, because that's what I knew as a Jewish boy. That night, I went to my bunk with, my, with a Bible that I received, full intent reading the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, that's all I was going to read. Within myself, I didn't know it at the time, something said, turn to Matthew 1. So if anybody has their Bible, if you want to turn to Matthew 1, we'll start. Should have been prepared for this. At chapter 6, I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew 1, 6. I remember it. And it, show, it says in there that King David, who was, who was obviously the son of Jesse. And that kind of struck me because remember what my Hebrew school teacher had told me. And then I finished, I read on down to chapter 16. In chapter 16, it says that Jesus was the son of Joseph. And when I said that, when I read that, inside of my mind, I heard, you've been lied to all this time. The great lie, the deceiver, had been revealed. And it was on March 31st that I'm at the jail, and I go back to my bunk. This is the most touching part for me. That I hear the Holy Spirit, didn't know it at the time, turn to Romans 7. I fought inside of myself. I said, there is no Romans in the Bible. The Holy Spirit said, turn to the index. So I turned to Romans 7, and as I got to verse 13, the Holy Spirit told me to stop. Now, you have to understand, I had called my mom, who was alive at the time, and all she kept asking me was, what did I do wrong? What's going on? What did I do wrong? And I said, Mom, I don't know. All I know is you taught me to do right. And in the end, I, do, I end up doing what's wrong. I know what to do is right, and I want to do that. But I always end up doing the wrong thing. I don't know why I do the wrong thing when I know I'm supposed to be doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, I saw this struggle that Paul had within himself. And he reveals that it was the sin that dwells within him. And when I read that, I broke uncontrollably. 
I said, that's the answer to life for Barney Steinberg's question, what is wrong with me? It's not just me. It's the sin that's in me. I am responsible, but I'm not held accountable because it's the sin that's in me, and it's what I was born into. And on April 1st, 2001, this little Jewish boy gave his life to Jesus Christ. Now, in October, I was sentenced to 75 years worth of time. But Lord, Lord Jesus stepped in and said, we're not going to run this consecutive, meaning you wouldn't be talking to me right now. I wouldn't be talking to you. He said, we're going to run this concurrent, which means all I had to do is suffice on one 25-year sentence. And in that time, the Texas Department of Corrections was never the same. I led men to the, I led men to the Lord, I don't know how many counting can't even count them god used me to create bible studies to preach to teach and to, and everywhere i left prayer circles were formed where men would come together i hit the streets of florida on july 31st 2006 and you can do the math yes i still am on parole but july 31st as i said this year will be 10 years no hiccups whatsoever in that short amount of time, God has given me a beautiful wife and family. He has restored a house, cars, everything. Talk about restoration. I am tickled pink every day I wake up and pinch myself because this can't be real. Because if you knew Barney Steinberg prior, it was every pill, every, I don't, well, there's children around, so I don't want to go with, but you understand. Multiple suicide attempts, A-A-N-A-C-A, everything with an A after it didn't work until Jesus Christ came in my life and removed that root of addiction from me. And you want to talk about resurrection power. <laughs> Praise God. You want to talk about resurrection power. This is why this day is the happiest day for me ever, because it is the power of Christ the death on the cross that removed that addiction out of my life that has now given me a life more glorious as I go glory to glory the word says that I've ever imagined ever could conceive he goes beyond and above anything any one of us can imagine I pray that this is for somebody if you want to talk to me afterwards I am open and free I am now associate pastor of a church are you kidding me Miss Donna are you kidding me you're talking about a guy they couldn't stay sober for five minutes. And because of the resurrection power, this weekend I get to celebrate with you 15 years of sobriety, all for the glory of God. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. last thing I want to say in closing is that the letters that I was writing home to my mother on September 10th, 2006, I'm going to church. I was at Calvary Chapel Worship Center at the time. And I hear my mom go, Barney, don't go. I'm like, Mom, I'm late for church. I got to go. Barney, don't go. I want to go with you. Come on, Mom, let's go. I took my 82-year-old mother with me to church that day, and she, that stiff-necked British Jewish mom broke 
and gave her life to the Lord. And she's now in heaven dancing on streets of gold all because of the resurrection power through Barney David Steinberg. Thank you. Give God all the glory. Thank you. Hallelujah. Look at God. Look at God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, God's into new things, isn't He? He takes broken things. He puts them back together. He takes things that are old. He renews them. He said in the Scripture, He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. He said in another place, He said, Sing a new song unto the Lord. Another place in the Scripture, He said, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you say to me, What happened to Barney, Pastor? Well, I'm going to show you in the Scripture what happened to Barney, and I'm also going to show you in the Scripture what can happen to you. What can happen to you? See, there's a freshness that comes with new things. Old man winter, the newness of spring. See, new things aren't worn out. Many times new things are cutting edge. Many times new things command and attract attention. We should help each other understand the meaning and the importance and the value of allowing Jesus to do His new thing inside of us and help us become a Christian. You say to me, Pastor, what is a Christian? Well, the Bible teaches us that a Christian is a new creation. When we become a Christian, we experience the newness of of life. That's why I read to you out of Romans chapter 6 verses 4 and 5 where the Bible said, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be raised in the likeness of His resurrection. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that old things have passed away and all things have become new. You see, this new creation was made possible by virtue of the new birth. And the new birth is available to all. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 5 that those that are born of the water and of the Spirit are the ones that are going to see the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born by the water? Does that mean to be baptized? No. That's speaking of a natural birth. When you're born, the water breaks and then someone is born, a child is born. And so what it's saying is those that have experienced a natural birth can then later experience a spiritual birth. So those that are born of water and of the Spirit, those are the ones that can see and experience the kingdom of God. So this new birth is available for all people. Then, I, then, you, then we talk about the new birth. How do I receive this new birth? By responding through obedience to the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we can be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that is the process of giving our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to respond in obedience to the Word of God. And then the new birth is produced by the working of the Spirit of God. 
I prayed this morning and I said, Heavenly Father, I said, I come to you today and I come into partnership with you to accomplish your work this morning in this service. See, we're partners together with Him. We're not an island all by ourselves. We can't do this by ourselves. We need each other and all of us together need God. We need God. And the new birth is produced by the working of the Spirit of God. The Scriptures tell us that no man comes unto God except the Spirit of God draws him. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, we can't be good enough to get into heaven. We can't do enough good things to get into heaven. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5 tells us that it's not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the newness of the Holy Ghost. So what is a Christian? A Christian is a new creature. A new creature in Christ Jesus, created by Christ Jesus. That new creature lives a brand new life. What brand new life is that? The Bible tells us that we move from death unto life. Jesus promised that those who hear and believe His words will have everlasting life. We find that promise in John chapter 5, verses 24 and 25, where the Bible said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That tells me that condemnation is not what's going to motivate me to live for God. In fact, the Bible said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The famous scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a famous scripture. But verse 17 says this, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So it's not a gospel of condemnation. How could God reach down and take somebody like Barney and give him a brand new life? Here's the reason. Jesus was not motivated to die on Calvary because of your sin. He was motivated to die on Calvary because of His love for you. Because of His love for you. And God loved Barney too much to leave him like he was. God loved Barney too much to leave him alone. He loved him too much. And you know what? God loves you too much to leave you alone. God loves you too much to leave you in your sin. You know what? You might not give your life to Jesus this morning. But I promise you, tonight you'll think about it. I promise you, tomorrow you'll think about it. Oh, pastor, this was a setup. You're darn right it was. It's a Holy Ghost setup. Hallelujah. I want you to experience Jesus. I want you to experience Him in your heart and in your life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of God and they that hear shall live. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God spoke life 
into our life and brought us back to, 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 to life again. So this new life not only brings us from death to life, but the Scriptures teach us that it moves us from darkness to light. Such, such is the object of gospel preaching. This is why we do what we do. This is why we burn the candle at both ends. This is why we go into the community because we realize that God has called us to be light in dark places. We realize that you know we're not necessarily supposed to stand on a preach cor- on, a, on a church corner and make the cross of Christ of none effect through our ranting and our railing, but no, we're supposed to live out our life in front of lost people. We're supposed to live so brightly that lost people experience the love of God through us. They experience the compassion of God through us. They experience the love of God through us. Because once we were in darkness and God shined the light of His life into our life. Paul was talking about his conversion in Acts chapter 26 verses 15 through 18 and he addressed this subject. Then in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10, here's what Peter said. He said, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. And here's the reason. That you should show forth the praises of Him who's called you out of darkness into not just His light, but His marvelous light. Hallelujah. Which in time past, you were not a people, but you're now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Though we were in darkness, now we can walk in light. Ephesians 5.8 says this, Sometimes we were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And then he said this, Those of you that are light, walk as children of the light. Listen to me. I'm preaching to the saints now. God has commanded us to conduct ourselves Christ-like out here in this world where people don't know Him. You are the only epistle that some people will ever read. The way you conduct yourself, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you walk, the things you allow yourself to get involved in out there and on Facebook. Hallelujah. Hit that, Pastor. I just did. I just did. God expects you, if you're going to bear the name of Christ, then for goodness sakes, live like a Christian. Conduct yourself like a Christian. Be a light in dark place, dark places. And don't let the dark place overtake you. You light up that dark place. And then the last thing, well, next to the last thing, the, the new life that I'm talking about that a Christian has is maintained through a life. Now listen to this. Through a life of consistent renewal. That means every day I let Him make me new again. That means I fall in love with Him again every single day. That means I have daily devotions. That means I have a personal time with the Lord, 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 minutes, or Jesus looked at His disciples and said, could you not even tarry with me for one hour? He asked us to embark on that life of renewal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul was writing to a rambunctious church. He was writing to the Corinthian church. And he said this, Therefore, we do not become discouraged or utterly spiritless and exhausted and wearied through fear. Listen to this. This is the Amplified. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. I don't know about you. I've been serving God since I was a child. I don't know about you, 
But I love God more today than I did yesterday. And I love Him more than this week than I did last week. And tomorrow, I have determined I'm going to keep growing in, him, get growing in Him. I'm going to love Him more tomorrow than I do today. Revelation is progressive. God doesn't take you where you are and expect you to conduct yourself. Now listen to this, saints. God doesn't take a new Christian and them get saved one day and then the next day they're acting like they've been serving God for 30 years. Can we please cut the babies some slack? Can we do that? Okay? You know, you don't clean fish right away. It takes a little bit of time, you know. And, and when, when we give our life to Christ so many times, those of us that's been serving God for so long, we walk up to them and say, well, praise the Lord, brother, you've been sanctified and redeemed. And they're looking at you like, huh? They have absolutely, you just talk to Christianese. They know absolutely nothing about what you're saying. Listen, when someone gives their life to Christ, it's not our place to try to show them how spiritual we are. It's our place to put our arms around them and love them. And when they fall, pick them back up. When they get dirty, scrape off the dirt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that life is maintained through consistent renewal. And then the last thing I want to share with you is this new life that we're talking about today. This new life is marked by a new loyalty. A new loyalty. See, a Christian is a converted person. A Christian is a converted person. Conversion in the Webster's Dictionary, one of the definitions of it in a, is this. In a theological or moral sense, it's a change of heart or dispositions in which the enmity of the heart to God and His law and the abstinency of the will are subdued and are succeeded by supreme love to God and His moral government and a reformation of life. Some people ask me sometimes, they say, Pastor, how in the world do people overcome addiction? I tell them they just get so full of God's love that it crowds it out. It crowds it out. Teen Challenge, I don't know about now, but Teen Challenge several years ago had an 85% success rate. 85%. The one that was even close, the next one that was even close was boasting 6%. You know what the difference is? Here's what the difference is. Teen Challenge filled them full of the Word of God. They taught them to be addicted to Jesus. They taught them to come into love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so a conversion is a converted person. A Christian is a converted person. They are converted. Conversion involves change. A change of loyalty. A change of loyalty. A change from serving sin to serving God. The Bible said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. There came a time when Barney came into the revelation of who Jesus was. And at that moment, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and everything was there that he needed to give his life to Christ. Every single thing that he needed... But here Barney was standing and Barney had to choose Jesus. He had to choose Him. You see, that's what Calvary's about. That's what the empty tomb is about. That's what the grave was all about. When Jesus came and walked the Via Dolorosa and died the death of a criminal on the cross there on Calvary, Jesus was paying for everything that you would ever do against Him. 
And when we accept Him into our life, what we're saying is, Lord, I receive inside of me everything that Calvary paid for. So I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Well, Pastor, I've just done some horrible things. Ah, Isaiah 1.18, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You do not have to let sin reign in your mortal body that you would fulfill it in the lust thereof. That's Scripture. You don't have to do that. You choose. I choose. We all choose. Every single one of us chooses. Am I going to let Jesus be the Lord of my life? There's a whole lot of people says, I want Him to be my Savior, but allowing Him to be Savior and allowing Him to be Lord are two different things. we got to let Him be the Lord. we got to let Him be the authority in our life. Romans 6, 16-18 says this, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, His servants ye are to whom ye obey, listen to this, whether of sin unto death. So you're going to yield yourself a servant to obey sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. So I have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Am I going to surrender myself to the Lord? Am I going to allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life? Verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. You became the servants of of righteousness. John chapter 8, the Bible says, He that the Son set free is free indeed. And He can release the power of that sin upon your life. Sin will pull you down. The downward spiral, even of secret sin, will pull you down into a devil's hell. But grace and God's blood will reach down there and pick you back up. And He'll give you a brand new life. And He'll say, no longer will I look at you based on what you were, but I'm going to look on you based on where you're going and who you are. And who am I? I'm a born-again, spirit-filled child of God that's been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So my identity is not with my historical activity, but my identity is attuned to the activity that took place 2,000 years ago on Calvary. And if the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead lives inside of me, He will also quicken this mortal body. So I stand here today just like you. Those of you that have accepted Christ, I stand here today living this brand new life. You can have that new life. You can have that brand new life. Christian is converted. We have a new loyalty. We don't serve sin. We serve God. We don't serve idols. We serve God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And now you turn to God from idols to serve the... Listen to the way the Apostle Paul told this to the Thessalonian church. He said, you turn from God, or you turn to God from idols, now listen, to serve the living and true God. What he was saying was, you turn from a dead idol to a living God. That's what he was saying. Now you can have that life, and He can live inside of you. So as a Christian, converted to Jesus Christ, we become loyal to Him. Sometimes when you give your life to Christ, when we give our life to Christ, 
People don't understand the decisions that we make. They don't understand why we would why we would just be living one way one day and then all of a sudden, you know, we go to church and, and we're hanging out with them. We're getting new groups of people that are our friends and, and we're not going out to the bars anymore and getting uh, drunk and, and we're not doing all of these types of things and they don't understand why. Well, the reason is because our loyalty has changed. We're no longer loyal to sin. We're loyal to God. And here's what Jesus said. He said, he that loves father or mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me, he's not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me, he's not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake, the same shall find it. Barney, that's a great story. It's not just a story. Let me put it like that's a great experience. God took a life that was shattered and broken and torn. And today, this man stood up here in front of 250 or 300 people and shared a testimony of the power of Jesus Christ. Pastor Angelo, you remember when, don't you? With him. How many of you remember the day that you got saved? Let me see your hand. Now put your hands down. I want to ask you another question. How many of you remember the day before you got saved? How many of you remember the change that took place? Look at God. Isn't that amazing? This is the power of Calvary. This is the power of the cross. We can have a brand new life. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you can have this brand new life. Today can be the best day, the beginning of the best days of the rest of your life. You say, you don't know where I come from. You don't know my history. Listen, just like God, I'm not as interested in your history as I am in your destiny. I want you to go to heaven. But I also want you to enjoy the journey. You can have a ball living for God. Well, if I give my life to God, there's just so many things I can't do. If you don't give your life to God, there's so many things you can't do. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. You've got to make up your mind. Who am I going to serve? The man of sin or the risen Savior? Hallelujah. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes all over. Uh, under this tent today. Can you sense the presence of the Lord here? God reaching out and touching your heart and your life. For just a few moments here, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to know who I'm praying with. If you're here this morning and you say to me, Pastor Jonathan, I need the Lord to, to make a change in my life. I need to allow Him to be my Savior and to be my Lord. And I want you to pray with me today. And I give my life to Christ. If that's you, would you just raise your hand where you are and put it right back? Okay, all right, all right. Anyone else? All right, okay. Hands everywhere. Anyone else? Anyone else? Wow, okay. Come on. Come on, saints. I want, I want the intercessors to pray. God's doing something here. Anyone else this morning? Say, Pastor, okay, all right. Anyone else? Anyone, anyone else? You can put them down once you put them up. That's fine. There's hands everywhere, like seven or eight hands so far. There's more. Okay, anyone else? Anyone else? 
Hallelujah. Now listen, I want everybody to look at me for just a few moments. We've probably got seven or eight people that raised their hand here this morning. And, and I know who they are and most of them, it's the first time I've seen their hand. Now listen, we're going to pray with you and ask the Lord. I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer with you. We're going to ask the Lord to come into your heart. But after we get through with that, then at the end of the service, I want you to come up and I want you to talk to Dr. John or Pastor Mark or myself or Barney or Pastor Angelo or Josh here. I want you to talk to one of us and let us know. I made the decision to follow Jesus today. Let us get a little information on you, okay? We, we're not going to stalk you or anything, but we don't want you to just raise your hand and then say, okay, I raised my hand so I'm going to heaven. It doesn't work that way. We want to help you grow in the Lord. This is the beginning. The Bible calls this being born again. That means when you pray this prayer, you're going to become a spiritual baby. And I have never in my life met a baby that could raise itself. It needed other people in its life. We want to be those people in your life. We want to help you grow in God. Let's shut our eyes now and let's pray. If you raised your hand, you need the Lord in your life, just pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Make me a Christian. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died on Calvary for me. And I want you to be the Lord of my life and the Savior of my soul. I receive you now, Lord, as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with the angels right now. Scriptures say that the angels in heaven rejoice over one person that gives their life to Jesus Christ. You just created a party in heaven. They're partying down right now. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.